The epistle is from Romans chapter 12. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 8th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. When Jesus came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Sailing seems to be an easy thing when the weather is fair. If you have a constant wind, just the right kind of breeze, there's no waves on the water, there's no obstacles in the way, the boat is functioning the way it's supposed to. When the weather is fair, sailing seems to be an easy thing. In fact, you can kind of tie things down and just let it go. You don't have to worry about controlling anything. It seems easy when the weather is fair, but when the weather gets rough, sailing becomes something quite different. I had somebody describe sailing to me in this way. It's a whole lot of time spent doing very little and then single moments of great panic every once in a while when things change. When the wind gusts up, when the waves splash over, when there's a change, you need to turn, something happens dramatically, it is no longer easy. So the point to make here is very simple. What seems easy when the weather is fair is not easy because the weather is not always fair. Same thing goes for our lives as Christians. It can at times seem easy 
Easy to believe in God, easy to put your trust in him, easy to receive from his hand what he has given you, easy to live in this world when the weather is fair. But just because it seems easy does not mean that it is. Think about the disciples on one of their sailing adventures. They went across the lake with Jesus, and things seemed to be fine. So Jesus lay down and slept in the boat. All of a sudden, the wind picked up, and the waves were washing over the boat, and the disciples started to panic. They panicked, and they despaired, so that they said to Jesus, Don't you care? Don't you care that we're about to perish? That we're about to drown? Jesus gets up and rebukes the wind and the waves. He tells them to be silent, peace, be still. But he also rebukes the disciples. Oh, you of little faith, don't you know that I'm here with you? Don't you know that I'm here for you, not just in difficult times when you're panicking and in despair, but all the time, in good times and in bad? The disciples so easily fell into thinking that when the sailing was smooth, what need did they have for Jesus? Fine, that's okay, just sleep in the boat, that's all right, we don't really need you, we've got things under control right now. But you see what kind of an attitude that leads to. The moment the wind picks up and things start to get difficult, it's not that they go to Jesus in trust and confidence for what he's going to do for them, but they go to him in despair. Don't you care that we're perishing? You should be doing something about this. Because they thought that they could make it on their own. They thought... They were just fine. This is, I think, one of our most grievous troubles as Christians, thinking that we're just fine, not reckoning with our weakness and our frailty, thinking that when the weather is fair, we are handling things on our own, and so failing to prepare for the times when the weather is rough. The story of the disciples in the boat with Jesus is kind of like a parable about weakness. If you think of Jesus as somebody who's there as an insurance policy, then when things get difficult, you're going to panic. You're going to wonder whether he's really there for you. That's the kind of attitude that abounds in our world. The fool is the one who says in his heart there is no God, and so he stores up for himself all kinds of things in this life, thinking that he has made it, that he has made his own way, because really, quite often, the weather is fair. Quite often, things go according to plan. If you work hard, you often reap the rewards of your labor. And so, there's this rich man who stores up so much, he needs to tear down his barns and build some more. Jesus says what a fool he was to think that he had secured a life for himself. To eat, drink, and be merry. Yes, Jesus says, you're a fool thinking that tomorrow is guaranteed to you. Fool, he says, this night your soul is required of you. St. James puts it this way. He says, your life is a mist. You think that you're holding on to it tightly with two hands, but it's a mist. What's a mist? But something that you cannot grasp. It just goes through your fingers. Isaiah calls our lives like the grass, like the flowers of the field that fade and wither. Or think about the leper and the paralytic in our gospel lesson. They did not have any control over their lives. They did not determine whether they were sick or well. They did not call the shots. They were not the masters of their own fate. The failure of our world, the failure of human hearts, is not to reckon with the fact that that can happen to any one of us at any time. That we do not number our days the way we should. That we do not count our blessings as having been given to us by God 
from the least to the greatest, every last one of them. And so we do not reckon with the danger that we are in all the time. If God were to remove his loving, kind, and compassionate hand, if he were to take away his angels that protect us, if he were to look the other way for a moment, it would all fall to pieces and we would be done for. But there is another kind of danger, besides the danger of being submerged in a boat that is sinking. There's another kind of danger besides getting leprosy or being paralyzed that is more serious. It's a spiritual kind of danger. A danger that comes from the temptation to sin. A danger that comes from our corrupt hearts, from within us. Which is worse? Ask this question. Which is worse? Being a leper and a paralytic or being given to anger or conceit or envy or pride or vengeance. Which is worse? It's far better to be either man in our gospel lesson, sick with leprosy or paralyzed and unable to move. It's far better to be either of those things than to be sick with sin, to be caught in any number of the things that Paul mentions in our, letter, in our epistle lesson, the letter to the Romans. He says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, do not associ- but, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to, what, to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with everyone. Do not take vengeance. Vengeance belongs to God. Which is worse? To suffer from material distress, poor health, sickness, pain, anguish, grief. Which is worse? To suffer from those things or to be sick with sin. Paul knows that the spiritual danger we are in is far worse. And that is why he tells you, watch out. Pay attention. Strive to live according to God's will. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Know that there is danger all around you all the time. St. Peter puts it this way. He says that the devil's prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, if you know anything about how lions work or about how the little kitty cats in your yard work, they sneak up on their prey. The prey does not know that they are coming until it is too late. Watch out, Paul says. The devil's prowling around like a roaring lion. Sin is waiting around the corner, seeking to devour you. Sin is clever in the hands of the devil. It's customized just for you. St. James, again, puts it this way. He says, the temptation to sin comes from within your own desires, from your own desires and out of your hearts. The devil knows your heart better than you do. He knows. He knows what you struggle with. He knows your weaknesses. Do you know your weaknesses? Do you know what you struggle with? It's on account of all of these things that St. Paul gives us this admonition. Watch out. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be angry. Do not sin. Avoid evil. Strive. Why? Why do we need that warning? Why do we need that reminder? It's because sailing seems easy when the weather is fair. It seems easy to love when people are lovable. It seems easy to be free from anger when there is nothing to anger you. It seems easy to live in harmony with others when everyone else is being harmonious. It seems easy to keep the peace when times are peaceful. It seems easy not to take vengeance, not to seek your pound of flesh when there has been no harm committed against you, no crime against you. It seems easy to feed the hungry 
and give to the poor when they are your friends. Sailing seems easy when the weather is fair, but the weather is not always fair. You know this. If you have ever been blindsided by sin, you didn't expect it, you didn't see it coming, you weren't prepared to be so angry about something that someone did to you. You weren't prepared to be so frustrated by the way they treated you. You weren't ready to be so sad about what you'd lost or what you had done or the harm that you had done against someone else. You were not prepared when you found yourself caught in sin, taken away, overwhelmed by temptation, again and again and again. You were not prepared. You know what that's like to be blindsided by sin. It's an amazing thing, however, how quickly our memories of those moments fade, which is why we have the scriptures, to remind us all the time of our weakness. Sailing is easy. It seems easy when the weather is fair, but you know that it is not always fair. It does not work. It does not work to think, I'll worry about spiritual danger when it comes up. I'll worry about it when I see it does not work, does not cut it to think, I'll learn how to sail when the first gust of wind comes. No, you have to be prepared. I'll set my mind on fleshly things for now, but when the time comes, then I'll set my mind on spiritual things. I'll deal with the problems in front of me right now, the problems of my life, the day-to-day problems that I have. I'll deal with those right now and later, later when I have some time, then I'll think about my soul, then I'll think about the kingdom of God. St. Paul won't have it. This is what he says a few chapters earlier about how we use our minds. To set your minds on the things of the flesh is death. But to set your mind on the spirit is life and peace. The mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot, Paul says. That is, if we do not prepare, if we are not always aware of our weakness and our need for strength and comfort and encouragement from God, if we're not aware of it, then we are as good as enemies of God. For the devil knows. The devil knows what you struggle with. The devil knows your weaknesses. It is so easy for him to entrap and ensnare sinful human beings. So, here's the question. How do you prepare? How do you follow God's injunction to prepare, to be ready, God said this to Cain when Cain was angry that God had accepted his brother Abel's sacrifice. He said, Cain, watch out. Sin is crouching around the corner. Its desire is for you. It's against you, but you must rule over it. How do you rule over sin? Two things. The first is a classic Sunday school answer. Trust in Jesus. Learn to trust in Jesus. The second thing is this. By practicing obedience to him. Learn to trust in Jesus. Pay attention to the difference between how the leper and the centurion in our gospel lesson, how they approached Jesus and the disciples. Remember when the disciples were in the boat with Jesus and the waves are washing it over and they think that they're going to drown, they come to Jesus and they say to him, don't you care? They're in despair. They've given up hope. They do not trust in Jesus. They have not learned that he is always there for him, for them that he is always their leader and guide, that he is always their savior. They have not learned that. But the leper comes up to Jesus and very simply says, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. He doesn't even ask. He just knows that Jesus can save him. 
Or the centurion, he doesn't even ask either. Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. He just states the problem, confident that Jesus can and will solve it. And in fact, he does. Jesus doesn't need to be asked. I will come and heal him. And even then, the, the centurion knows better. Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth. You don't have to come under my roof. I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. Just say the word, and my servant will be made well. He trusts. He trusts. He has learned to trust in Jesus. He has learned from all of the things that he has seen and heard about Jesus, that Jesus is the very Son of God, the one who has come to save the world, the one who has come to save him, the one who has come to solve everything that has gone wrong because of sin. He has learned that Jesus is reliable and trustworthy. They have paid attention, the leper and the centurion, they have paid attention to Jesus like Mary, pondering all these things and treasuring them up in her heart. That's how you learn to trust in Jesus. What have you seen and heard of him? What have you learned about him? What do the scriptures declare to you day after day about who he is and how he loves you? Why do we need that reminder so often? It's because we're so easily distracted. We're so easily pulled away. We so easily forget who he is. So pay attention. Fill your minds and your hearts with words and promises about who Jesus is and what he can do for you. Fill your minds and hearts with all of the treasures of the gospel. Do not let anything take their place. Do not let anything push them out of the way. Jesus commands the leprosy and the, para the paralysis. He commands them the same way that he commands the wind and the waves. And he can do the same thing for any problem, any sin, any danger, any grief in your life. He means to do for the sin in your hearts the very same thing that he did for the leprosy and the paralysis. He means to send it away. The only question is whether you trust in him. Whether you believe that he will do it. Whether you believe that he can. Whether you believe that it is worth doing. Whether sin is dangerous and deadly and you need a savior from it. So learn to trust in Jesus. It comes through your ears. It comes from God's word. It comes in the sacrament of the altar. In Jesus' body and blood given and shed for you. If you want to learn to trust in Jesus, eat and drink for the forgiveness of your sins. And then practice. Practice obedience to Jesus. Do not wait until you think that you'll need it. Do not wait to ask for strength against temptation. Do not wait to pray until you are desperate. Pray now that when the time comes, you will be prepared. Pray now and be sure, because Jesus promises that he will send you his Holy Spirit. Pray not in desperation or in a vain hope, but pray with confidence that if you ask, he will give exactly what you need. Pray now because you are weak and he is strong. Do not wait to flee from evil until you think it's big enough. Now I need to run away from it. Do not wait until it starts to overwhelm you, but flee now. Do not wait to repent until you've had your fill. Do not wait until you've hit the bottom. Repent now. Do not miss church. Do not miss the opportunity for this Sabbath rest to be filled by Jesus with the strength that you need to be prepared by Jesus for everything that is coming, for every storm, for every last gust of wind, for every wave that might threaten to overwhelm you. Be filled and be made strong. Be made ready. Come to Jesus daily, hour by hour, and say, Lord, 
If you will, you can make me clean. Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but say the word, and I will be made well. And be sure, because he has promised, and he has secured that promise with his own life, be sure that he will do it. To him alone be glory now and forever. Amen.